Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 213. Hooray! Hooray! Hey! Uh, well, that's it. Cool. See you Not guys much next more. Week. Yeah, we'll uh, see you again. Same time, same place. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> so, <laughs> before Kieran stops actually recording. <laughs> Look, man, uh... I'm tired. I'll, I'll turn off uh, anytime. <laughs> So welcome to Glitch Free Gaming, your weekly podcast uh, with myself, Mike, and Kieran, as always. Uh, uh, this week we have Ben, our editor-in-chief from the website, joining us. Ben, how are you doing? I am good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. So we have got loads of games to talk about this week. So let's do what we normally do, and we just dive in and talk about all sorts of games so without further ado and i'm waffling because i lost the podcast order page there for a <laughs> second <laughs> uh ben why don't we start with you you have been it's that time of year again so yes. it's the the sport games all come out at the moment you've owned you haven't been playing too many of them uh oh, but i imagine they'll be coming up soon uh You've been playing some uh, NHL 19. Yes, I have. I mean, since we last spoke, I have also played Madden, but Paul's talked about that, so I'll yeah. let, let you off the hook with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just briefly, I'll talk about NHL 19. Um, it's solid, solid entry into the, the franchise. Uh, the, it's not added anything special like the Madden or FIFA. It's not got a story mode or anything in there yet. It's still the kind of straight up. There's the ultimate team, the career modes, the uh, franchise mode and online play. I think that the big thing for NHL has been the online team play. Right. I think it does better because you only need, at most, six friends to form a, a complete team for NHL. Not like in FIFA where you need a full 11 or something. Right. Um, so they've, they've built on that for this year. Uh, and added in a bit more of a kind of like street style or, you know, kind of hockey lake style game to it as well. So when you get your, you start off and you make your player and you get a bunch of kit and you've got casual outfits and professional outfits as well. So you can go in and uh, drop into a game of, of three on three hockey, like, and a kind of like, rink in the middle of the woods sort of thing uh just for a bit of a bit of fun and a bit of kind of fast-paced nonsense that's quite cool yeah it's it's pretty good um but then you you take that same player and you can play with them online and like full-on kind of simulation hockey as well and you get experience for how well you play and you level up and when you level up you get a loot box oh god yeah uh, so you, you get a ho you get a hockey bag, and you have to push the left stick to the side to make the zip open, and stuff comes out. Uh, and it's all just kind of outfits for your 
player and different goal celebrations. You can completely customize the goal horn that sounds when your player scores. That's a way it's, to it's, put customization in your game, I guess. It is. And do you know what? It actually works quite well. That's like, cool. when I downloaded the demo for NHL, and I was like, oh god, they've put loot boxes in it. And then afterwards, it's just like, okay, right, you're just getting these for leveling up, and it's just customization stuff for your player. So, you know, I've got nothing against it, I guess. And the customization stuff can be a bit fun too, so. Yeah. I was having a decent bit of fun with that, and then realized that I didn't have Xbox Live, so I couldn't actually go online and play it. But you can still play that mode offline against a computer. All right. Right. Well, so that's, that's that was a relief actually. So, um, yeah, just a a solid edge. One thing I will say, so I we put up a or I put up a review of Madden onto the site, and the one thing that really kind of annoyed me was the lack of depth in the music this year in Madden. But the NHL has nailed it for music as well. That's good. It's weird that they would flub it in one of their games. Yeah, I mean, it just... Like, the past few years, Madden has been really good for having, like, a kind of wide, diverse range of music in its soundtrack. Uh, this year, it just didn't have that. I mean, this and... year, they fucked up their music to the point where that game shipped with someone stupidly having censored uh, Colin Kaepernick's name from a song. So... <laughs> <laughs> Madden had some odd issues this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'd say... Uh, yeah, it's good fun. I need, I need to play some more of it. I've been very busy over the past few weeks, um, which is why there's not really been much good up on the website either. But uh, yeah, everything everything on my list tonight needs to go up on the website as well. So That's good. I'll so be... the site's going to burst into activity. Woo-hoo. Yeah, here's hoping. <laughs> All at once. <laughs> on Christmas Day. Yeah. Schedule well, that gives me, that gives me a few months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, Mike, yes. you've been playing a game that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. <laughs> ah, it's easy. You can do it. Take a shot. Uh, Go on. Taiko no Tatsujin Switch. That's pretty close. Yeah. From what I understand, that's pretty much it. Yes. So, this is the... Uh, you know, in uh, Japanese culture, they've got those big uh, the big round drums and they beat them with two sticks, the, the taiko drums. Yeah. yeah. So, the this series, this is a series of games that has been hugely popular in Japan from, geez, I think PlayStation 1 days. Yeah. And Mainly because the arcades. Yes, and the arcade, the arcade machine. Uh, I think I'd seen. I think the last time I'd seen one of the machines was at uh, the Namco Museum in London when we were there. Uh, I think they that, had one of them. That might have been the last time I saw one as well. I saw one yeah. in London in the Trocadero back when that was open. All oh, right, um, yeah. It didn't work though. <laughs> they had the, <laughs> which is a real disappointment because I already knew that I liked that game, and so they had this Taiko drum machine, and they're cool because they have these massive like the drums are 
taiko drum sized or at least close to it yes, for the yeah. arcade machine and then you just have these massive sticks and you're just hitting this drum as hard as you can to the beat <laughs> it's great yeah um, so how hard are you be hitting your switch well i haven't actually so <laughs> it's broken <laughs> yeah it's busted so the the game the the version that i've got is the it's the switch version obviously uh the clues in the name and this is the version that namco are releasing in november here yeah. Uh, so I got the the Japanese version. I got it from the Japanese store, and but the they're bringing out a Western version of it, and they're bringing out a version with the the Taiko drum that you can plug into your your Switch console, and then you can play the drum for the low low price of I think it's like ninety pounds or something. Yeah, it's like ninety odd pound or something. So it's you have to be it's quite a bit. That much, <laughs> I know. Can you imagine somebody ordering that? Oh, I can't wait. Yes. Yeah, it's, so <laughs> it's going so, so yeah, the game comes with you can buy this special edition that comes with the drum, or you can play it without the drum. The way that you do it then is you can play it like any rhythm game, you know, where you're just pushing the buttons, or you can detach the controllers and use motion controls. Okay, yeah. so you're. Uh, you hold them like you would hold a set of drumsticks, and there's only two types of moves that you use in this game. Uh, one is just a straight beat on the. Imagine you've got a, this imaginary drum in front of you, and if you, you know, you you move your hand forward in just a straight beating motion, then you're hitting the center of the drum. So you can hit the center of the drum, or you can hit the side of a drum. Mm-hmm. So you. That's it. That's the two moves that's yeah. in the entirety of the game and how the, the taiko drum is played. And technically, it picks up whether you hit the left or the right side as well, but it doesn't care about them except for when you have to hit both. Yes, that's right, yeah. So, the motion controls work really well. That's uh, cool. Yeah, they, they, they work well, except I find that sometimes when you're playing the game, your one of your hands will maybe get a little bit tired, so when you're striking down, it will sometimes veer a little bit to the left or right, and it mm-hmm. takes it as uh, it's sometimes a little bit too sensitive, but there yeah. are settings within the game where you can go in and you can tweak the sensitivity, you can tweak your lag on your screen, and you can also uh, tweak the sensitivity of your controllers as well. Yeah, and also in the demo, it has like the option to tweak the the sense like the the screen lag for your switch like in handheld mode which seems really weird because yes all those screens are going to be the same yeah they should know what it is yeah yeah so i didn't touch that (laughs) in the demo yeah it is it, it it's weird uh so i didn't i haven't really played with any of those things in there you know any of the calibrations at all yeah um, and the control settings, I've not not played around with those as well, but you can, you can do them. So yeah, you can use the the controllers as drumsticks, but you know, and you're beating an imaginary drum, or you can push the buttons, or if you're playing in handheld mode, you can adjust the screen. I think the default setting is that uh, there's this drum shows up and it takes up 
quite a bit of the screen and yeah. you can play on the touchscreen, you know, just with your fingers, just, uh, you know, tapping down on the, the part of the drum where you have to be, which works really bloody well as well. Yeah, that's how I played the demo of it. Um, I've yeah, not, I've it... not tried the motion controls actually. I should probably try. Them. Oh right, yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, so I've only, I tried the buttons, which I wasn't too keen on, and I tried the touchscreen stuff. Yeah, which I think. Um, yeah, the touchscreen stuff was brilliant, and I used the the controllers, but I haven't, you know, just used button controls. Um, it doesn't feel like it's that type of game. It no, feels like it does need not. that kind of tactileness of yeah. you, you know, it, it, playing it, the drum somewhere or another. It works. It's just not as fun. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. There's and t- and then going to kind of modes. There are two modes to the game. So there's tackle mode, where you can pick uh. A number of players, one or two, um, one player, and then you just basically work your way through the song list, uh, all the lists of songs. Uh, two players, you can do a co-op session. I don't know how that works yet because I haven't played, you know. Uh, I tried to get Anne to play, but she just kind of looks at me like I'm daft. <laughs> and she like likes the songs, but it's like, no, you bought it, you play it. You play it. So, um yeah, uh, and then there's the party games. Uh, party games, you can play up to four players on one screen. And there is a host of these daft games. Uh, some of them are uh, competitive, and then some of them are cooperative. Uh, competitive, you're playing to see who can get the, the highest score. And then cooperative, you're all working together and you know you want to make sure that you all hit the right notes and things to achieve the objective of whatever the game are, is mm-hmm. there's so there's a, a cooperative game for example where you are all trying to jump rope and the rope comes down at a certain time and it depends you what you need to do is then you need to see what note you have to hit you either hit the straight one which is i think it's the don and the the side swipe is I think it's a teak. I can't I can't remember what it is. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So you know, depending on what happens between, you have to hit the right note at the right time. Uh, that is it for all the games. It's just sometimes what ha- it's different. Uh, there's a game that's kind of like um, Fruit Ninja. So yeah. there's things that get flung up in the screen and. They get flung at different rhythms, so you need to, uh, you know, hit the right note at the at the rhythm as well. So it's not only hit, but it's at the right time. Yeah. So sometimes it's pattern recognition stuff like that. Really simple. Um, some of them are quite difficult, but good fun. Yeah, they sound good. Yeah, you and all of these games can be played solo as well because all that happens is it gives you uh, AI opponents. So when you're playing it with other people, does everyone just use like a single Joy-Con? Yes. Okay. Yeah. uh, Well, I suppose you could give everyone, uh, yeah, you could give everyone a single Joy-Con or if you had enough Joy-Cons, you could give them a set. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, does it go down to that? Yes, yeah. You could buy four drum kits and plug them on. Well, I don't know how the drum kits actually work as well. You know how they they connect to the switch. USB, so definitely not four drum kits. Given the no. switch has one USB port. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been looking at uh, watching a couple of videos and things online as well for, you know, watching people play with the drums. Yeah. Man, that those drums and they look fucking awesome and uh, you know i'm looking to have a I'm looking forward to having a go but it's like i don't think it's something you could play with all the time i mean we live in a flat and we've got we live upstairs so the neighbors downstairs would fucking love me yeah <laughs> if, if i had one of those uh and i've i've got we've got all the cats as well yeah so that definitely doesn't help <laughs> yeah so if anyone i think we've said before but uh, for people listening to the podcast my evening of a game playing games is now consists of me sitting on one of the couches that we've got and I've got you know if I've got a snack I've got a snack close to me I've got a bottle of water next to me as well and then I have a, a pillow across my lap and uh, there's normally a cat sat on that pillow and then I've normally got a cat on my left side and sometimes a cat on my right side so you can imagine me trying to play this bloody big taiko drum. Yeah, it would go well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it is really good. These songs, it's all, the the game is Japanese-centric. It hasn't changed. Uh, from the demo that we've seen, the European version, the only reason, or the only reason they're releasing it is because they, they translated it into English, I think. Yeah. Anyway, isn't there? Uh, I don't know if it's the Switch version of the PS4 ones. I've not checked. I saw someone say there's like some Disney songs in these games. Yes, like yes, wonder, there is. A... I wonder if the English version will have well, the English yeah. versions of the Disney songs, or if it will just be Japanese Moana songs, which I'm also kind of into. So, well, there yeah. is. There's only one Japanese. Uh, sorry, there's only one Disney song, and it's the the one from Moana. Is it okay? I think, uh, how, the, I think um, how far I go. I think the PS4 one, which the PS4 version comes out, I think at the same time, but it's only digital and there's no version that comes with drums. So right, it's maybe less of a interesting proposition. But um, that one has uh, "Let It Go" on it. Oh, right, okay. And I think that might be it. I'm not sure. I didn't really look at the song list. Right. I'm not too sure if I've unlocked all the songs as well. But yeah, uh, how, how far I goes on this and it's in Japanese. Yeah. And it, I quite like it. It's quite good. Uh, cool. And the the song actually works well with the, the drum beats. Yeah. You know, it's kind of got that feel because it's, it's meant to be Hawaiian and, you know, that kind of tribal feel to it. So the drums go well. The taiko drum goes well to it as well. Hey! Yeah, the the songs. So they've got a, a couple of different categories. They've got anime, Vocaloid music, what they call variety, which is all sorts of weird stuff. Um, <laughs> did you know that? I don't know if it's the an official theme song, but in Japan, YouTube has a theme song. What? I only know because I watched someone play this game. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know if it is an official thing or if it is just someone made a pop song called YouTube. YouTube, yeah, but it's called the YouTube theme song. Yeah, yeah, and it the the <laughs> the, the kind of one of the hooks in it is YouTube, uh, and obviously, you know, with the, the Japanese way that this towards is kind of different inflections. So it's YouTube, YouTube, and then you can hear him say broadcast. 
And then I think he uses the Japanese word for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, so there's things like that on it. There's the alphabet song. You know the A, B, C, D, E, F? That's something that you can play okay. in this. How well it, does that go with drums? Very well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun. Um, when you're first, it's one of the easier songs, so it's quite good to get used to. Um, yeah, the, some really weird stuff. They've got classical music as well. So there's a little bit of a Flight of the Bumblebee and uh, the... Overture from Orpheus in the Underworld, also known as the Can Can song. Yeah, that's on. That's on. Yep, uh, there's also some video game music. So you've got uh, songs from Super Mario Odyssey. There's uh, Kirby Medley in there as well. Um, yeah, so a couple of cool things in there. Uh, a couple of songs from racing games as well. I assume uh, Ridge Racer, given it's Yes, cool. yeah. Uh, any uh, Pac-Man stuff in there? There is, yes. Any? I'm trying to think <laughs> what other Namco games are. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a song called Assault BGM1, and I think that's from uh, the flying game. The... Ace Combat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the fly game there. I was like, what? Like The fly what? game. <laughs> like, fucking, fucking weird Buck Bumble sequel or something? Like, what? Yeah. And then they had a whole load of original original songs. It's Namco original, so obviously songs made for the Taiko yeah. games. Which, you know, these games have been around for decades, so I bet they have a wild, wide pool of music to pull from yeah. for those. Yeah, so they have, and then they have a, a pop category, and it seems to be they've got artists and they're using their songs in here as well. So there's a, uh, quite a bit of J-pop in here. That's cool. Which is quite good. It's You're looking at a song list of, before you get into the the DLC, there's over 70-odd tracks. Wow. Not all of them are unlocked immediately as well. So what happens is it, they tend to unlock, uh, you unlock something after every 10 plays of a song or a game. So, you know, do 10 different sessions, be it a, a party game or a song that counts as one session, one play. And after 10 of those, you unlock something. Uh, I think after 60-odd songs, I haven't unlocked anything. So I don't know if there's anything else to unlock. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but really cool. Uh, DLC, I managed... Uh, it's actually quite funny trying to watch me navigate my way through the Japanese uh, Nintendo store because the whole thing is in kanji. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're looking because it's the exact... The, the thing that helps you is it's the exact same layout of, you know, the, the European store. Yeah. So the buttons are in the exact... Yeah, you can guess because uh, the buttons are in the same place you know which uh, which one of the tabs on the left hand side is for the sale which yeah. one's for new stuff so you, you can kind of find your way around it don't even have the playstation issue of you know of circle and x being switched in japan no because <laughs> a and b a is always a doesn't matter yes yeah um 
Yeah, so the, the DLC, there is currently three packs of DLC available. And then on top of that, there is one pack which gives you a, a character that you can you can buy and use. The characters, the only thing they do is they're at the top of the screen. And the more advanced ones, as the game goes on, give you benefits. And the benefits essentially allows you to play through all of the songs of the game. I don't think the way that the game's worked out, it's a family game mm-hmm. ever since the first one. So it's impossible to fail. I, well, I mean, it's an arcade it, game as well. So It's not impossible to fail. You can complete it, but you... You can get through the song. The song yeah, doesn't. It's not like Guitar Hero where it yeah, stops. It doesn't cut you off. Yes. So you can go through the whole thing and just bang away on the drums. Um, but then you've got certain characters that will help you with some of the tricky notes. Um, it will say anytime you hit the drum, it counts as whatever note you meant to hit. There's uh-huh. a character that has that power and stuff like that. So they're quite cool. And yeah, I've been playing it. There's four different modes. There's easy, normal, hard, and extreme. I've been playing it between a mix of easy and normal. And it's one of those that you're you're enjoying playing the game. You're playing, you know, hitting the beats and the the rhythm. And you're not really going for score that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a really chilled out game. It's not like the, uh, what's the... The one you were talking about this afternoon, Kieran, the... the oh, the Hatsune Miku ones. Yeah, the Hatsune Miku ones. And also the... Uh, on Switch as well, the Super Beat Zonic games. Yeah. Those those are punishing, brutal rhythm action games. This is more a bit of fun. And yeah, yeah so when it comes out, I definitely uh, suggest that everyone check it out and buy it so that we can get more of them as well. Yeah, that's definitely the hope. Does it have like yeah. leaderboards or anything? Um, I guess it's kind of hard to tell because you don't have any, you know, friends to populate that just now because you imported yes. it from Japan. But yeah, um, there's a high score little section. So when you choose whichever song you're going to play, there's a high score. Excuse me, a high score section, and but what it does is it just shows you your high score in each of the different categories: easy, right. normal, hard. So it doesn't seem I like don't... it would say, yeah, Mike got you... this score, Kieran got this score. No, it doesn't yeah. seem to read, but I, I'm not 100 percent sure of that. Yeah. Is we'll um, a couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, uh, because it's yeah. There's a local wireless session. Uh, that's one of the things that you can do play but you almost have your copy of the game yeah uh and then there's a records and it's a but the record section is for all the different characters that you use but like you say once uh it comes out here and they kind of flip the switch we'll find out um yeah it can switch i think it if you play with different um I was going to say gamer tags, but you know, different profiles on your Switch, then it stores all the different se- uh, session info and the score info. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not too sure. I'm trying to read Google to see if I can see anything, but. Right. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I, 
doesn't feel like it's that type of game. It's not. Yeah. Even the competitive stuff in the party games is very, and it is. It's all about having fun. Uh, even in the choice of music, you know, it is. Uh, they've got the, the Dragon Ball Z tune for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> Hitchala. Which is <laughs> it's awesome to play. It's uh, a great song. It's a classic. Yes. So. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And uh, I've been wittering on about that for a while now, so I'm going to shut up. And uh, Kieran, how about you tell us about Soul Calibur Six? I take it you've not spent too much time with it. No, because at the time of recording, it came out. Well, it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> so yes, yeah. my, my copy showed up day early, so I've been playing it a wee bit since I got from work. Um, that game seems great. It seems like everything you would want from a sequel to Soul Calibur. It feels like it fixes a lot of the issues we had with Soul Calibur Five back when it came out. Mainly, uh-huh. there's that it was shit. I liked Soul Calibur Five. It played really well. <laughs> the issue with Soul Calibur Five was it didn't have any content. Like there was no single player stuff to do. Like the single player story mode was terrible. Um, this seems to fix that. So there's like two main modes as well as the usual like arcade and versus and stuff like that. And the, ver- the arcade mode seems a lot better than the implementation they had in Tekken 7 as well. Um, right. Which, I don't know if you remember Tekken 7's arcade mode, but it was it's very short. Like, you only do a couple of fights, and then it just kind of ends, and there's no... There's nothing for it, really. It just kind of happens. Um, yeah, yeah. The This one seems to be a bit more fully fleshed out than that. Okay. And then the two main story modes, there's one that is kind of... Like is the Soul Calibur story, so it goes through uh, the timeline. I think it's set between. I would say set during the events of the first one. I think it goes into the point of the second one as well. Um, oh right, okay. It's kind of around that time, so it's got this kind of timeline that you go through that has a bunch of cutscenes, a bunch of kind of you know floating head kind of visual novelly style stuff, like how Arc System Works has handled their story modes. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and then actual you know, fights in between them as well. Um, and it seems... I've only played a little bit of it, but it seems like it will be pretty lengthy. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting properly kind of stuck into that. The other mode is uh, one replays a creator character. So you it has like the full creator character stuff that it's had since 3, I think it was the first game that had it. Uh-huh. Um, and you make a character and then you're... You have like a basic kind of introduction to the story stuff, and you're dropped onto this world map, and it's just you're you don't like see your character and wander around and stuff like that. It's just a map that you're selecting things from. But they made this like weirdly interesting like RPG basically. So your character will level up, and you can travel to different points on the map, and there's different story events that happen. Uh, you get moral choices, so you can you literally tip a scale between. Like good and evil, like it literally has like a big old fashioned scale there, <laughs> um, and there's just this fully fleshed like story mode of you being this character that has been like tainted by the Soul Edge, but you've not went all the way bad, so you're trying to kind of fix yourself. And right. Okay. Then there's a bunch of these kind of sub stories, or at least again, I've only played maybe an hour of it. There seems to be like a decent amount of these kind of sub stories that just kind of open up over the world, and you can go and do those, and you'll interact with you know mainline Soul Calibur characters, and you'll uh, get new 
stuff for doing it basically uh mainly like the items i've got so far have just been like food and it's like you can eat this food before a fight and it'll give you plus 20 health or something like that uh-huh um and your character levels up and you can then go do harder missions and it seems like weirdly in depth and i'm kind of super into it uh, i've not played enough of it to really tell if it's actually good or not but i'm enjoying it um right okay but if nothing else, I'm happy to see Soul Calibur do these weird modes again, because that's what the first three games were. Yes. And then 4 and 5 kind of got away from that. But like 3 had that weird real-time strategy mode where you were like attacking uh, different units and towers and stuff like that, and then when you attacked something it went into a Soul Calibur fight. Um, and 2 had like its big... I forget what the name of that story mode was, but it had like its big in-depth story mode, which is really cool. Um, so this seems really great so far on that front. Uh huh. So I'm looking forward to playing some more of it. Um, the actual core fighting of it feels great. Like it feels better than five, which I already thought five played really well. Um, but they've added a couple of new things. Like they added. I th- so they added critical arts last time, which were basically just supers. Um, they added the thing from Tekken Seven, where if you like go to attack, if both of you go to attack each other at the end of a match, and you have low health, it'll do the slow mo thing, even though it's already figured out who's gonna hit, and it's still oh, great, yeah. just like it was in Tekken. <laughs> um, they added. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's like a critical charge, I think, which uses the same meter as your critical art, but instead of doing like this super powered attack, you basically charge your current attacks and do more damage for like a few seconds. But then also, every character has like different combos that only work, or different moves that only work when you are charged. So it is. Not as easy as just okay. Well, now I can power up and mash buttons. Is I need to, I want to specifically hit this combo because this is the one that's going to do all the damage. Uh-huh. Um, which seems really cool. Not played enough of it to really know how much that changes things. The one thing that I've definitely seen that has changed things a lot already is uh, they have a system called reversal Ed- reversal edge, which is you can kind of charge and hit it with R1 or I forget what the button combination is outside of R1, but there's a button combination for it as well. Um, And it basically charges for like a second and then your sword goes red and you hit at your opponent and if it hits them, you go into this weird kind of... uh, It's almost rock, paper, scissors-ish, but that's kind of really underselling it because there's like a lot more depth to it than that um but it's like this slow-mo mode where you both choose uh an action and then it will play out and if you connect with the after having done the reversal edge then you'll do like a powerful attack to end it off but right it's kind of like a risk reward thing because your opponent can break out of it or then also like reverse it and push it back on you um and it the AI seems to do it fucking constantly. I have no idea how much people will actually do it. Like, I played one match online, and it happened once. But the AI just... 
every other hit is like, oh yeah, reversal, it's time. And it's like, no, stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so I'm not really sure how good a change that is. It seems complicated, if nothing else. Um, but I need to play a lot more of it to find out. Uh, the, my main takeaway from it is that I have been playing this on a fight stick because I switched to using fight sticks for fighting games with uh, Guilty Gear. Like, around the time that I started reviewing Guilty Gear for the site, I was like, alright, fuck, I need to take this seriously now. <laughs> um, so, I've been using Fight Stick for most fighting games. The only one that I use a controller for is Dragon Ball Fighters. And so I've been playing a bunch of Tekken 7 recently, trying to actually learn to play Tekken good. Which is something I've never done before, because I've never been a big Tekken guy, but I really like Tekken 7. And... Swapping from Tekken 7 to Soul Calibur is a hard goddamn switch. Right. The main thing being, having a block button is a thing that I am struggling so much to get used to. Um, despite the fact that I've played way more Soul Calibur in my life than I have Tekken. Because, again, I've never been a big Tekken guy. 7 is the first one that I've been like, okay, this series is good. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I will be. I'm sure I will talk more about Tekken and eh, not Tekken about Soul Calibur. Also more about Tekken, uh, in future podcasts, because I'm going to play more of it. I'm definitely enjoying it a lot so far. Um, cool. It has all your favorite characters in it. I guess that's the thing I didn't mention. All your favorites are there. Name your favorite Soul Calibur character. Ivy. Ivy's there. Uh, Cervantes. Cervantes is there. I was playing with Cervantes. Cervantes is quite good. Uh, Nightmare. Nightmare's there. Alright, okay. Uh, Prancy's uh, there. Uh, who else is there? Geralt's uh, there. Uh, no, Geralt's not from there. Geralt's <laughs> there. <laughs> so yeah, he's the addition... Yeah, he's the only guest character. They didn't do multiple this year. Um, I say this year as though it's a fucking annual series. And this one, this generation, given it seems like we're probably heading, like, you know, straight towards the end of the console generation, so I suspect we will not get a second Soul Calibur game on PS4. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, Geralt from The Witcher is there. He plays great. He fits in that game perfectly. Um, His stage is really good as well. And that's the only guest character in it. But yeah, there's some notable kind of omissions of some characters from it. Uh, like, Sophitia is there, but the other Sophitia, whose name I can never remember, isn't. Um, the other one. Uh, oh, Hel- is it Helena? That sounds right. I'm going to say that's right. Um, yeah. What about the ninja? Taki's uh, there. Yeah, Taki's yeah. in it. Um, Taki's what about the, really great. What about the other ninja? They brought in a, a different one. Uh, oh, none of, none of the Soul Calibur 5 characters are in this. Ah, oh, right. They are, they are dropping the concept of, hey, we tried to replace our characters with younger equivalents. Completely. Right. They're gone. Their way Good. of getting younger characters into this is that it's a prequel. It's like, yeah, great. We made yeah. Taki younger again because this is set at, during the first game. Um, which I'm fine with. Uh, sure. But yeah, there's like some noble missions. Uh, 
Tira isn't in it, who was kind of, she was introduced in 3, and she was the one that had, like, the big ring blade. Uh-huh. Um, she's going to be in the season pass, so she's at least coming. I think she is there if you get the season pass, like, day one. Um, but not in the base game. Uh, Lizardman's not in it, which seems like a really weird omission for me, because Lizardman is, I feel iconic, personally. <laughs> um, right, okay. As dumb as Lizardman is, and as little as I played as Lizardman, like he has been in the game since day one. Yes, yeah. Um, although you can make your own Lizardman. So that's actually something about the creator character is really cool, is it's not just you making humans and you can add a bunch of uh, items and armor and stuff like that to them. It's also you can choose a race for them. And All right, so okay. One of those is Lizardman. You can play as a lizard man. You can play as a kind of elf-looking person. Uh, you can play as a skeleton, which is pretty good. You just make a straight-up fucking skeleton. Um, can you make Skeletor? You probably could. I don't know how many... I don't know how much costume parts are in that game. Because you could definitely make Skeletor in Tekken 7. Like, they had the costume there for it. It wasn't called Skeletor, but it was very clearly Skeletor. <laughs> um... But Soul Calibur 6 so far, I don't know if you... Un I assume you must unlock more armor stuff later on because the armor options seem relatively light. They mostly seem to just be, here's the armor this character wears. Right. Um. So I I hope that you unlock more stuff later or they patch more stuff in or something because if that's all that's there, it seems maybe a bit light. But I've already seen pictures online of people making complete monstrosities. So, you know, better than nothing, I guess. Um, but yeah, you, there's all these different races. Like, there's the lizard men uh, are really cool. There's skeletons that are really cool. But my favorite one is uh, you can play as I forget what they call them, but they're basically just people made out of stone, and they're made to look like like the implication is that they are from the same temple that Sophitia is from. Right. So they're just like these Greek style kind of stone statues that you can play as these humanoid statues and it's bizarre but they look really cool um but yeah i'm really enjoying that a lot so far i'm going to play a lot more of it probably going to play a bunch of it online um cool. see how much i get destroyed it will probably be a lot <laughs> but yeah uh but ben you've been playing some two-point hospital uh yes Speaking yes i have been destroyed yeah, well, yeah, destroyed in many glorious and wonderful, bizarre ways. And <laughs> um, yeah, Two Point Hospital, if you don't know, is a kind of new rendition of Theme Hospital, I guess. Yeah. It's uh, by a bunch of the people charged... that made Theme Hospital. Yeah. Um, so you're charged with building a hospital and providing medical care for the 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 plebs of. The Two Point County. That's nice, players. Um, well, they come in with all sorts of diseases and ailments. Um, and there's, there's a great tongue-in-cheek humour about the whole thing. Uh, so you've got stuff like... Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, there's there's guys that come in with... They're dressed as clowns. I can't remember the, the ailment that they call it. be a it. pun on something, I'm sure. Yeah, but the the treatment for it is going into the dehumorizer <laughs> or dehu 
and, and then you've got uh, lightheadedness, and the people come in with literally a light bulb for a head. <laughs> right. Uh, you've got is the, my my favorite one so far. You had to research this one, and you had to research chromotherapy, and this was to treat grey anatomy. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. There's a it's it's split up into kind of like chunks of uh, missions. So you build your hospital, and you've got to reach one, two, and three star objectives. Uh, giving you kind of uh, unlocking most of the components of the game as it goes along, um, and yeah, it takes a, a nice pace. And and the minute you get one star, you can move on to the next one, or you can sit and build it up all the way to three stars before you move on if you choose. And um, and the the art style is very kind of cartoony, kind of kind of um, clay person esque. Um, it's it's nice. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. I know, Kieran. I think you were tempted by it. Yeah, I'm probably going to pick us up at some point. Uh, it's literally just I have too many other games to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's again two points on the on the list of review games. So hopefully, it'll be getting up on to the site soon. Um, it's mainly not there because of one of the other games on the my list tonight that I'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, having a, having a lot of fun with that. It's very, it's very kind of. It pays a a good homage to Theme Hospital and that kind of old yeah. style of simulation game. Yeah, I definitely would play it. I really like the art style of it as well. Um, I think it looks like really, like slightly cartoony and nice. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. It's it is really good. There's lots of kind of as well as the the ailments. There's lots of tongue and cheek humor. On it, yeah. like the the receptionist will come over the tannoy every now and again and say something ridiculous, um, stuff like, uh, "Sorry that there's the that there is rubbish on the floor that you did not put in the bin." <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so yeah, having a lot of fun with that. Need to, need to play a lot. Uh, and yeah, again, there'll hopefully be a. A review up on the site. Cool. Soon. 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 TM. <laughs> yes. Soon, so it could be soon. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Mike, you've been in a dungeon or a village? Which is it? Uh, both, actually. Uh, I know it sounds complicated, but bear with me. We'll get there. (laughs) So I think, I don't know if we spoke about this on the last episode, but uh, Cariosoft have ported a few of their most famous titles onto the Switch. I'm pretty sure it's Cariosoft. I I don't know why I always called it (laughs) Cariosoft. But anyway, they've, uh, they've put their stuff onto the Switch. So these are the guys that did uh, Game Dev Story. They well, did... Yep. Uh, so Game Dev Story is now on the Switch, and so is Hot Spring Story and Dungeon Village. So Dungeon Village is 
it's I sorry, I was just trying to get it up <laughs> my switch there so I could talk talk you through it and have it in front of me. So it is uh one of these management games and you're building a village. If you've played any of their games a a lot of similar themes and things like that. Yeah, they definitely seemed to for a while there just kind of it was uh, the same game, just with a different theme yeah, on it. Yeah, it was, hey, skill, we, yeah. we nailed this once, so we can do it again. Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, so Dungeon Village it has you building this quaint little town, and what you're doing is you're attracting adventurers. So you end up with this little square, and it has, in it, it starts off, and you have, uh nothing there it's just this little blank slate and it has a weapon shop and uh an accessory shop like an armor shop and people come in and they buy stuff that they need they give you money they pay for the stuff and then they go off and they they fight the monsters that are surrounding the village and as you get more adventurers coming into you get more money that then allows you to buy more uh excuse me, it allows you to buy some different things so you can buy an inn so they can rest when they're tired. You can build a pub. You can build all these sorts of buildings. Uh, the idea is it, the place becomes more attractive, it attracts more visitors, and you get more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty standard kind of stuff, really, yeah. for you know these types of games. Then what happens is at one point is you're you'll get one of the villagers that comes in and says, oh, you're doing really well. Uh, I'd like to move here so you can build them a house. And once they live in your village, they pay you tax, you get more money. You can see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Once you hit certain... Yes. Yeah, once you hit certain bits, you you get the ability, you have to achieve certain things um, and the idea is to get, end up with a five-star village. To get each star, there are different things that you need to do. So, for example, to get your your one star in the village, you need to, I think it's have, you need to have built four houses. So, in other words, you have to have four uh, adventurers living in your village. You need to have 12 different establishments running, and you have to have a popularity rating of whatever it is so popularity ratings you get from completing quests because there's not many monsters and bad stuff surrounding your village anymore your popularity rises you can also raise your popularity by holding little events within the village you can do um fireworks shows or have a a cooking competition now you don't see these things happening bake off you say (laughs) <laughs> yeah so you, you you select the event and uh, you don't see it happening there's just a little progress bar that yeah. runs across the screen and it goes yeah, so this kind of game dev story worked as well yes yeah, yeah. so I, this this sounds fantastic by the way I, I, yeah i've i've been i've been looking for this kind of game and i absolutely love dev dev uh, game dev story Game Dev Story, that's the one. (laughs) Dev Dev Story. Yeah, yeah, I I really liked it. I've 
I played it. I got my five stars in my village. My village is all done. It's got all sorts of buildings in it. It cost me £8.99, so it cost me £9. And I think I played the entire game, and I think it took me either just over or just under nine hours. So if you're going on that old, you know, a pound per hour thing, that's me. I'm done. I've got my money. I'm happy. I don't think I'm going to play it again too soon, but I got my nine hours. What more do you want? Yeah. And I I had fun. I was obsessed for nine hours constantly. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, there are good games. If you have played Game Dev Story, this is just, it's a, you know, it's a fantasy-themed version of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm tempted to pick up the other one that they brought out as well, which was Hot Spring Story. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. Yeah. uh, So, stupid... Well, I say stupidly, but I don't know. Ill-advisedly, I bought Game Dev Story instead of Hot Springs because I knew Game Dev Story, and then it was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to play it too much. Yeah, because you know Game Dev Story. Yeah. I think you've already done it. Yes. So, the... Game Dev Story had a thing in it where the trick was trying to find out what combinations of uh, researching and things you unlock different genres of video games. Yeah. yeah. You could, the, uh, Dungeon Village doesn't have that. It's just you need to know, uh, you know, you've got this big, squ- it starts as a square. Uh, yeah, it is a square. And that's your village, and you put all the things in. And the way that the villagers spend money when they come into your village is you build paths. And it's a bit like very simple programming. So, for example, if you put all the houses in one end of the village and you make them walk all the way down there to get to his house or to get to the inn where he needs to rest, needs to rest, where he needs to rest. Yeah. Um, if you put uh, other buildings in front of that, he'll go in there first and spend his money in there, then he'll come out. So the villagers have, they're, they're all fucking loaded because they don't, you know, they don't have a finite amount. Whenever they go into somewhere, they spend uh, how, however much you need. they need to spend in that shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it becomes a little bit of a puzzle of how do I put things in my village um, you know I may have uh, the inn doesn't get me too much money but I know every time they come back they will have to go in it but if I put the the casino in front of it they'll go into the casino first come out then they'll go into the inn and replenish their health so there's a little bit of a puzzle in that way because yeah. there are some places where to get your next star, you have to earn a certain amount of gold within a one month, uh, a month, one month period. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's good though. It sounds good. Yeah, that Ben. Uh, well, actually, both of you, I think, would really like it. Um, I'm not too sure how much it is to pick up on uh, mobile platforms. I feel like it's ob- a lot less. <laughs> I feel like I they, these are quite expensive for Switch games. I don't think I it's mean, that much. Know. Do you know that? I remember buying Game Dev Story a very long time ago and spending about £9 on it. On mobile. Well, maybe I'm wrong then. 
Maybe I'm misremembering. I believe that. Uh, I am just having a look. So I'm just looking on the App Store just to see what we can see. Yeah, you're looking at £4.99. Yeah, that's not yeah. too much of a price bump, I guess. Yeah, so £5 on iPhone or £9. Yeah. That's Jesus, they have a lot of games. They do, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. I want the sushi spinnery. That looks good. I mean, it looks yes, like the, the same si game, but it looks nice. Yeah. That's it. When you start looking at all the games, they do look pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, so I think they've actually done a good job of putting the three that they've put on there on the Switch. I think are the three most diverse. If you start putting the other ones on, you're going to start to see the cookie cutter thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the reskinning. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Nine quid. I'm not grumbling. I, I definitely feel I got my money's worth. One. Uh, and I'll probably just need to play Dev's uh, Game Dev Story for a little bit as well. Makes sense. Cool. Excellent. Ben, let's go back to you because you've played a bit more than uh, Kieran and myself this week. So you have also going on keeping with the 2019 games. Uh, you've played F1 2019. Yes. Well? I think it, I think it might actually be F1 2018. All oh, right. Okay. It's it's the newest one, but I think it's actually. 2018. Um, I have some issues with this game. Although I think I think they've maybe addressed one since I, since it first came out, uh, and that was that you if you started a career mode, which is kind of what you do with F1. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. You couldn't change the game settings except for in between race weekends so i started off the first weekend you know like three practice sessions a qualifying session and then the race uh after the first practice session i was like well the difficulty is far too low because i'm driving for reynold and i was top of the leaderboard yeah uh -huh. okay well i can't change the settings just now so i'll go through a qualifying first i'm leading the race for most of the race uh, something bizarre happens, which I'll come back. And then it goes to load the next race weekend. And I notice just a minute too late that the options options button is showing up in the bottom right-hand corner. So if you push start there, it would let you go in and change the settings. But I didn't catch it in time. So it went into the next weekend and I had to do it all again. Like the next weekend, won the race as a Renault driver, and the same thing happened the the race after that. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention, and missed my opportunity to change the settings. Nice. Which, yeah, yeah it was a bit, it was a bit frustrating. But when I fired it up uh, the other night, uh, as it was loading in, I I was mid race weekend, uh, and I was able to. So I I went into the the next weekend and I did change. the uh, but when I came back to it just now, I was mid-weekend, and while it was loading, I did see the options button was there again. So I'm not sure if they've addressed that, and now you can catch it in between session, because yeah, I was not really fancying winning every race as a Renault driver. Right. Because you know that that's 
it's the one thing I find most difficult about F1 games is trying to get a good balance of the difficulty settings where you are in an engaged race the whole time. Yeah. I mean, fair enough, that doesn't always happen in F1. Sometimes someone goes out front and they're there the whole race. But that's not really fun for a game. Uh-huh. And it's, it's why I always pick to drive for a mid-pack team, because you're more likely to have some kind of wheel-to-wheel action throughout the race. Right. And going back to the first race weekend, I had to pause the game during the race. And I had to. Go, I think I had to go and pick up one of the girls. And I came back, and I had been disqualified from the race. Lovely. So I don't know if either something weirds happened when the game, when the PS4 obviously went to rest mode and I started it back up again, or if my dog unpaused, unpaused the game and caused mayhem. Who's to say? Right. So that 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 was a another kind of weird, yeah, weird. weird thing that happened happened with it. Um, other than that, the game looks fantastic. The cars f- feel good because obviously the 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 new cars this year they're much wider and much grippier. Well, the wheels are much wider and grippier, uh, which comes across really well. Uh, the Azerbaijan weekend that I was playing was in the wet and was an absolute nightmare because it was in the wet as it, as it should have been yeah it's, it's one of the hardest circuits on the calendar and it's raining good luck uh, although the other when i did do the race at azerbaijan there was a, a crash Ocon tried to take me out and ended up taking himself out was in the wall on a street circuit and the safety car didn't come out Huh. So you know, I was kind. Of, I I saw it happen, and he bumped me at the same time, and I ended up kind of going wide and stopping. And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do the rewind thing and flashback it." Then I was like, "No, because the safety car might come out, and I'll catch up anyway, and also I'll get to see the safety car." But it didn't come out. So I don't think I've seen the safety car yet in an F one game. And it's like it's it's meant to be there. Yeah, it's definitely it's just, in it, someone. Yeah, it's Not it's definitely there. The the option is there actually to turn up all right, settings. So, so it's definitely in the game. It's definitely in the game. But uh, it's yeah, it just it didn't seem to show up for some reason. That's bizarre. Yeah. Um. What else? What else can I say about it? Uh, the other thing, the last race I was doing. My engine was obviously starting to come down with wear, and you could feel it, which was which was great. Like you could hear the engine struggling when you were in the high rev, feel it rumble in the pad and stuff. And then the 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 pit guys are like, "Oh, the the engine's looking a bit bad. You should maybe change gear sooner, and change down later as well." Drive better, please. Drive drive. <laughs> Yeah, drive more good. Protect, protect the car, please. We don't care about you, <laughs> but this car costs a lot of money. Yeah, the thing was, like, I was in last place because I, again, it was Azerbaijan. It was a horrible race. I 
had three nose replacements. Um, so I was last place and the engine was giving out, but there was there wasn't like an option to just come in and retire the car. Yeah, you can you can, I think you can pause it and then just hit retire. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's got a it's got a radio message system. You press uh, L one, and a list of possible options come up, and you select one and push left, and it the the pit wall will talk to you. And I just I kind of felt as if there should should have been. Uh, shall we retire the car option on there at that point? Yeah, that seems like it would make sense. Well, I mean, F1 is, is one of those games that I will get every year and I will never have the time to finish at least one season. Because <laughs> even like I, pl- I play the races at half distance. Right, but I, st- but I still do full weekend simulations, so the full three practice sessions and qualifying. All right, okay. But then half distance race. But it's you know, yeah, it's it's just difficult to get through a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, yes. But yeah, it's it looks good. It it feels good. It handles well. Difficulty settings are. Awkward to negotiate with. If right. uh, if someone hasn't been, for example, keeping up with Formula One recently, but wants mm-hmm. to play Formula One game, do you think they should yeah. get this one or one of the cheaper previous year ones? I would I would say this one. This one I I definitely feel was is better than perhaps the past couple of years. Um, but if you went back to 2015, I wouldn't blame you. I think that's the last one I own. <laughs> I can't remember. I actually cannot remember the last because I bought them for a couple of years and then I stopped watching F one and so I stopped playing F one games. Yeah, I mean, well, I only I only kind of started playing F one games again the past kind of five five six years maybe. And yeah. um, as I, as I got back into the sport as well, so. But yeah, I, I definitely think definitely think this game is it is an improvement over you know last year and, and the year before. But that's good. Th- there's there's still issues with it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried playing online yet or anything like that. Also, we'll see. I have enough I have enough frustrations when I play by myself. Yeah, without everyone crashing on the first corner because yeah. it's an online racing game. Yeah, and that's how people play. Yes. At least it's GT Sport, and they're like, "We will fucking ban you if you do this." Yeah. And then everyone does it anyway, saying... and it's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was just gonna say, at least it doesn't have a to tell you how to play nice online. Yeah, they have a video at the start of it explaining. Good I still like that. I did like it as well. My the thing I liked about it is that it doesn't actually explain what good sportsmanship is. It just has a uh, fucking who was it that again? Hey, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, we just had Lewis Hamilton saying "good sportsmanship" over again, over and over again, without ever saying what that meant. Just going, uh-huh. "Ah, you got to drive well. It's good sportsmanship. And make <laughs> sure you, you know don't crash good into sport- people yeah. because good sportsmanship, and uh, you'll progress much better if you practice good sportsmanship." It's like, what does this mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> Every game should have that. Why just Lewis Hamilton 
good sportsmanship over yeah. and over. Doesn't even need to be a racing game. Yeah. Do the next Tetris for all I fucking care. <laughs> Instead of that weird sound when you hit a Tetris, you just get good sportsmanship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that seems like something I could probably actually make happen. This is my new weekend project. <laughs> Hey, on the on the point of Lewis Hamilton, actually, the character models in F one are all pretty good, except for Lewis Hamilton and uh, Max Verstappen. Odd. They, they, they look quite bad. Right. Like perhaps the two you would want to get right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is this maybe odd? Yeah, of all the two, to maybe skip. I wonder how. I wonder, I, I wonder if it might have been, you know, an actual licensing or. Yeah, like we will not give or, you. Our well, I mean, and they have they, they have the rights to the whole sport, so yeah, yeah. But, but why would you say right? Okay, my name's going to be in that game, but you can't use my face. Yeah, yeah. thing usually that comes as one. Uh, yeah, it's like right. You can use my name, but I want the face of a dog and. The I mean, body of a Lego man. <laughs> I mean, that's what all of my contracts say. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's that's what mine are going to say. <laughs> They're being redrafted as we speak. Uh, I remember we were talking about that uh, at my work the other day. About the, do you remember the EA game faces? Yeah. Oh God! Uh, yeah. They still do. They, they, I don't. I don't know if they do. I think they've done away with it. 2K still do them at least. Yeah, uh, Ubisoft were one of the first ones with Rainbow Six game, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Activision might have beat them. Uh, One of the Tony Hawk games that you do. Oh! But you had to literally like take a photo and like mail it into them. Yes! Yeah, yeah, but the first one that used the camera was uh, one of the Rainbow Six games. Yeah, I think you're right. No, I remember that. I remember it. I also remember it being on the news. <laughs> yeah. Remember the news? Yeah. <laughs> what? The thing before Facebook? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Was it on the news for a particular reason? Uh, yes, because it was the first one, the first time this kind of technology was being used in uh, video games. First time a lot of people online had seen the penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, why has that man got a penis coming out of his head? It's the internet, <laughs> darling. Oh no. Oh no. Um, uh, well, on the topic of racing games, I think we've all played some Forza. Yes. I don't so, think I've played any more since the last podcast. Really? I played some GT Sport and then I played other stuff. Uh, the main reason for it is just that I I have a PC and I have an Xbox One, but it's just a regular Xbox One, and playing that game at thirty frames a second is no no I can't go back to that. I, I it's not bothering me. Uh, I so I, I I did the same thing as you. I've said. Uh, PayPal emailed me with an offer. Saying, buy one month of Game Pass and we'll give you one yeah. month free. And I went, well, Forza's out, so now's a good time. Now's a good time, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I just I can't. I struggle to play with Thirty Frames Second though, just because I've been playing sixty on my PC. But then also my girlfriend yeah. just got really into Fallout Four again, so I can't use my PC. <laughs> <laughs> it is constantly being used. Um, but it's fine. Pokemon comes out in a few weeks. She'll never touch the PC again after that. <laughs> she has a brand new Switch and Pokemon EV. Let's go EV, I think. Right. Right, yeah. Yes. But yes, I've not played much more for Forza Horizon 4. I reached Winter. I did another one of the kind of spectacle races, whatever they're called. Um, yeah. That was pretty neat. Wow, so you've... Yeah, you haven't even got the training wheels taken off yet. No. I got a Reliant <laughs> Robin and bumped it up to S1 tier. Yes, yeah, I saw that. And then I put a hentai skin on it because that was a thing that's on the store. <laughs> Someone made one that's just got a bunch of like anime lady faces and then just says hentai on it. So, of course, I used that. Yeah. How could I not? Yeah. It showed up weirdly, like, worryingly, like, high up in the, like, you know, recommended charts. I think it's gone now, but. I think it was just like that day a bunch of people had managed to, you know, game the algorithm and bump it up, but it was it was <laughs> like on like page two or three or something. It was worryingly high up. Um Yeah, that game's good, but I don't have a lot more to add to it. Would you guys? I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um I just it's very, very pretty. I've been spending a lot more time racing through Edinburgh. Hmm. Uh yeah, it just looks absolutely stunning. The the night races uh, it looks good at night. It looks good when it's raining. Just that sounds like yeah, Edinburgh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm currently driving around Edinburgh at nighttime in in a Range Rover. And right, like I I almost know my way around. <laughs> it's I did surprisingly accurate for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I. I flew past Bamborough Castle earlier as well, which I am familiar with. I've been down down that way on holiday a couple of times. So. Right. It was quite... I was like, this is, looks familiar, and I was like, oh, there's the... So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... There was something I wanted to say about it as one of those, it's completely gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've just spent more time with it uh not as much time as i would like to because just as other games coming out so i've been playing uh taiko new uh the taiko game and yeah ben how have you you haven't been playing it too long right now have you oh no i literally just started playing it today Um, right like i said i signed up for a game pass and i i put it on to download i also put on city skylines to download so i'm yet to have a look at that on the console Right. Um, and also, you know, big list of other games I'm supposed to be playing and reviewing. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, like like I said, so going from F1, which I find really hard to get the time to sit and play, to like, you can pick this up and play it for five minutes. Yes, yeah. And, it, and that's great. And off you go and do something else. And it looks, it looks gorgeous. It feels great. Absolutely loving it from the what two hours that I've been playing it for, right? 
Yeah, I I know the map is bigger this year, but it feels smaller. And I think the reason for that is that they basically unlocked the whole thing straight away. So you could go anywhere yeah. you want. You could drive anywhere you want and you would unlock things as you go. Whereas in the previous games, uh, the last one in particular, where you had was it three or four different festival sites within Australia and they were unlocked. You had to do certain things to unlock them. Yeah. This thing unlocks most of the... Well, there's only one festival site. The yeah. big events, they unlock pretty quickly. So... Yeah, it with the other fest, the Horizon games, there was always the you know chase for the final event, chase for the you know the racing around and racing a train or racing a, a set of balloons or whatever it was you were doing. Yeah, these ones it seems to be quite easy to unlock those, and I've unlocked them. I've done them all, so it's good, but. <sighs> And I'm enjoying it. It's just, I think they changed some things and they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still good, still enjoying it. Uh, so you just don't think it's meaty enough? Yes, yeah. But it, I'm trying to think of a, an analogy to kind of put things, you know, put one feeling into words. Remember how you fighting games, so you had. Tekken 2 and Tekken 3 would probably be a good a good example, where you started up the game and you got a, ro- a roster of 10 characters and you had to unlock the other 14 characters that were hidden. Yeah. And a part of the game was you know, completing the story mode for each character, for every story you know, when you unlocked Nina uh, you played through Nina, you unlocked Anna. When you you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so part of the... It made you play every possible thing within the game. And then come to Soul Calibur 4 or 5, everything's unlocked. There it is. It's done. Mm-hmm. And it felt... The game is meatier. There's more, there's more fighters. There's more to do. But you kind of felt cheated. Or I did. Do you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. So, yeah, it has that kind of feel to it. It's like, right, okay, there's so many different races, but at the end of the day, a street race is a street race is a street race. It doesn't matter whether you're racing through a forest or racing through the streets of Edinburgh. It's still a street race. Yeah. The same can be said for an off-road race or a cross-country race. Yeah, you're not the kind of the events and you know, doing all of these other things and putting them in kind of a linear story made it, you know, it broke everything up a little bit and it made you, it forced a variety issue, I felt anyway. Um, or I could just be talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I like the layout of the way they had things, and the way they dealt things to you and spoon fed you the stuff. I think I liked it better in the previous one. But yeah. this is a better game in terms of looks. I do like the different events that they've got. I just the presentation could have been a little bit better, I think. I mean I, I love the change of seasons. 
Oh yeah, that is... because I I just did the the kind of first autumn event, and it's like go to this rally track, and I just like, I just did this race. Oh, but it's completely different because now it's soggy. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hitting winter and, and feeling kind of the difference of all the all the, the change of seasons. Yeah. I just I just drove up to Edinburgh Castle expecting it to be a beauty. It's not. It's a house that you can buy. Yes. So that that's pretty awesome. Will cost you fifteen million credits though. Yeah, that was uh, free. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually it's quite easy to to get money in this game. Um and keep it I'm finding well, mind you, I also got the VIP pass which gives me mm. Double credits. Oh no, I used a bunch of money souping up a Reliant Robin, so I probably can't <laughs> afford any houses. I, I invested in more important things. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had to spend spend a penny yet. I've only yeah. made two I've only made two hundred thousand, but Right. I think I've bought three houses so far. Uh I got one house uh, free. I think everyone gets one house free. Yeah. You get Another one uh, when you buy one of the, I think because I bought you know the deluxe version, I think you get one house free because of that. And then I physically bought two houses, so yes, four houses I've unlocked. Um, uh, yeah, the house. Apart from, I think it's the, is it the the big castle? Uh, and that gives you free travel, free fast travel anywhere. The rest of them, the rest of them only give you things like um, uh, super spins, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. That's uh, Edinburgh Castle was giving you an Alfa Romeo and ten super spins, right? Uh. So what is it? Is it Bamber? Is it Bamber Castle that? that yes, fast travel. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really liking it still, um, and I'll still keep plugging away. I'm looking forward to see what they do with the the DLC this time as well. I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping it'll be new cities or something. They have a lot to live up to. Like the DLCs for that first one were game changing, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, because the first one, the third one. Yeah, yeah, third one. Yeah, for three they did the the off road. Yeah, and the, then the snowy mountain one, which was I, great. No, no, sorry, it was two, yeah, two. Two, two, two had the off road island. Two had the off road island. Then three had the snow, and then it had the Hot Wheels. Yes, and the Hot yeah. Wheels stuff was so good, and I don't know how you follow up that. I'm sure there's a bunch of people panicking at Playground Games as well, like, how the fuck do we follow up on that? <laughs> how, you... how? Yeah, I... I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to find out. So, has anyone got anything to add on it? How you finding... Uh, the music. I thought the music is the weakest thing. The radio stations. Oh, I was I was enjoying the rock station. Uh, Excess. Yeah, race around for a couple. Yeah, race around for a couple of more hours. The yeah. rock station reminded me that I haven't listened to a lot of uh, 
of Dorothy recently, and so I've been listening to Dorothy a lot recently. So there you go. <laughs> That's it. It made me remember a band that I like that I've not listened to in a while. So right. That's the one thing it succeeded in for me, but I've not played enough of it to really. Also, also, Forza Horizon is kind of one of those games that I usually have a video on my other monitor while I play. Yeah. So the music's kind of a non-issue. Cool. Um. Yeah, it's it's not as good as the other ones. There's a, a good selection and things like that. Uh, I still like the classical music station. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, one. doing really daft things and some of the some of the challenges used from that. So, which is quite good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think not much else to say about that. Is there? Uh, no, I like. I think I need to. I need to play it some more. Really, I'll I'll definitely have a listen to it all the same. See what the music's like. I I do the same. I tend to. Put after a while. I enjoy that, but yeah. yeah, it's it's looking good so far. Cool, excellent, Kieran. Do you want to take us back to the switch and uh, talk us through some Captain Toad? Yeah, so I've not got a massive amount to add on from what I said about it last time, um, but I have reached the. Th- third book of levels, which is all the, the ones that are new to the Switch. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a handful, I think there's only like four or five levels that are uh, Mario Odyssey themed. Right. And so you've got like New Donk City is kind of the main kind of fully fledged one. Because um, there's like a couple of different styles of level in that game. There's the main kind that are these kind of like isometric puzzle rooms that you're you know, kind of rotating around to find paths to do things. Um, but then there's... I'm trying to open this up. There's a bunch of other ones as well. Like, there's uh, dash ones that are basically just a bunch of these speed pads. And so you're still trying to solve puzzles, but you're also moving at, like, 100 miles an hour trying to get to the end of a course. So right. you're trying to solve puzzles as you go, and it's kind of interesting and cool. Um, so let's see, the levels are... There's one based on the secret of the inverted pyramid from that desert level in Odyssey. Um, right, okay. There's a minecart level, so that's another one of the types of levels that are in this game. They're minecart levels where it basically becomes a non-rail first-person shooter for a little bit. Uh, and again, you're still kind of solving puzzles as you go, but it's you're like tossing turnips out of a moving uh, minecart. It's pretty good. And that level is based on the dinosaur level. I can't remember any of the levels from Mario Odyssey. Like, the names of them. Except for New Don't Say. It's so long since I played it. Um, but, you know, the, the it's like the first kind of world you go to. The the dinosaur one with the, oh, like, yeah. the big skeleton of the dinosaur that's, like, embedded in the waterfall. Yes. It's that. Um, New Don't Say. Uh, from the, the kind of cooking world there's like uh that's where the sprint level is you're kind of sprinting over the kind of purpley lava stuff that was all over that level um while you're being chased by that big giant bird that was like the boss fight in that level right yeah 
Yeah, and so that's all the the Mario Odyssey levels from it, and I finished all those now, and they're really good. Like they're really well made. They feel like really good additions. Don't know if it's worth if you played this game on like the Wii U, buying it for those four levels. Right. Not really, but they are good levels. So those are just additions uh, to the Switch version. Yeah, I believe they took stuff out to put these ones in though. I think there was levels in the Wii U version that were in this spot that they took out. Alright, okay. Replaced them with Mario Odyssey levels. Like, I always say there's like Mario 3D World levels or something. Alright, I wonder if they'll add them back in, like DLC or something. I don't know. I suspect not. I feel like if they were going to, they would have just left them in. Because this is right. just, a, you know, it's just a pretty direct port. Right, um, okay. I think the 3DS version of this, because this came out in the 3DS the same time it came out in the, Wii, uh, the Switch, I think it also has, again, another set of different levels. But oh, I'm okay. Not hundred percent sure on that. It might just have the Mario Odyssey levels as well, right? Um, but regardless, I really like that game. I've finished. So I got it wrong. There's three books, and then there's also a bonus book, which is where those ones are. Uh, okay. And each book has. Oh God! I'm trying to flip through them. There's so many animations. They have this one has like twenty eight levels in it. So this one has less than that, I believe. 18. So the first two books have about 18 levels in them, and then the third one has 28 levels in it. I finished all those. I collected all the hidden gems and all of those. And then I've been working my way through the bonus stuff, which is... Uh, I've been kind of less focused on, because, yeah, I've already finished it. And you don't seem to get hidden gems for a lot of the bonus levels either. They're just kind of, hey, we made some really hard levels. So here you go, which is right. Um, but yeah, I really like that game. I I still really like that game, but I'm basically finished with it now. Um, cool. It's yeah, one of those games that I kind of wish I'd played at the time because it probably would have came up during game of the year discussions on my part. Um, probably would have won it, admittedly, but it would at least came up. So yeah. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Worth picking up. I, If you still have a Wii U plugged in for some reason, I bet you could probably get it for relatively cheap. Right. So, yeah, that would be my suggestion. Because it's really good on the Switch, and it works great as a portable game. Um, in fact, it works a lot better as a portable game than a docked one, because that game was built around the Wii U's touchscreen. Right. Which, obviously, the Switch doesn't have when it's docked. So when you're playing it portably, uh-huh. it works fine. You're using touchscreen, like the way it works is usually just there's like platforms you can press and when you touch them they'll move. Uh, things like that. There's different things you can interact in little ways like that. And the way they get around this when docked is that they use the right Joy-Con as a pointer. Which is fine. Especially for something like this, because it's really slow paced. It's not like you're rushing to do, you know, do this really quickly or anything. Uh huh. But it's definitely not ideal compared to using the touchscreen. Um. But yeah, it's it's a good game. I definitely recommend it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Ben, I suspect the game that has been taking up a lot of your time from other games. Is Phantom Doctrine? That would be correct. 
Um, so the last time I was on the podcast, I spoke about This is the Police 2. Yeah. Um, Phantom Doctrine is This is the Police 2 if it was based on the CIA and the okay. Cold War. Uh, it is... It has a lot more turn-based strategy. Yeah, I was going to say, I, everything I've seen about that game looks like an XCOM rip-off more than... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's closer to XCOM uh, than This is the Police 2, but it has the in-between stuff as well, so it has uh, investigation boards. Um, but unlike This is the Police 2, where you were just like, okay, here's six things, put them in the right order, there are huge amounts of documents that you've got to find and then you read the documents and you've got to select the keywords, like the, the code words that are in the document and then they sit on the board and you have to find matching code words and it's, it is literally like a cork board and the things are tacked onto the board mm-hmm. and you click to connect two that have the same code word and it does that piece of string between them and so you end up with this cork board that's just got a whole sort of mess of strings of things that are all connected together until you find the one key connection that takes it all back to the thing you're trying to find and then it fills it in with red showing how they all piece together and that stuff's really cool yeah it sounds really cool um like you, you do get to the point where the code words you kind of know what all the code words are, so it's quite easy to pick them out of the document. But you're still waiting to find them all and trying to match them all up. And you get to having boards with like 18, 20 documents on them and it gets quite a mess to try and match everything up. Uh, but yeah, so you're you're I'm playing the CIA oh excuse me, the CIA campaign. And I've been playing Steam tells me that I have played seventy hours of this game. That's oh like a lot. <laughs> and I and I have I'm on the last mission of the CIA campaign. Alright, I at least I'm assuming it's the last mission. I'm pretty sure it's the last mission. Um But yeah, so that is it's a lot bigger than I was expecting it to be. I mean that's that's more hours than I would play an RPG before writing a review on it. Right. Yeah. So, and, and there's there's a whole KGB campaign to play as well. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> um, I, I've had a, a lot of fun with this game. Uh, it is, like, the combat is very XCOM, but you can completely stealth almost every mission as well. Uh, so you, you start to, like, there's there's a world map with various countries highlighted across the board. And points of interest will pop up and you send out an agent to go and investigate it and they'll go, okay, right, there's an enemy cell here. So you send a couple of them to do a kind of uh, a scouting of the area. And if you do that, then that allows you to bring in support. It allows you to kind of see the map without fog of war Mm. straight away when you start the mission. It'll also let you put agents in under disguise and they can walk freely around the area without you know, cameras or, or guards having a fuss about them. 
and then they can they can kind of go in and infiltrate and turn off all the security cameras and laser beams and sh stuff like that so that you can then get everybody else in to do whatever objective it is. Usually it's either take down all the bad guys or defuse certain bombs or arm certain bombs, uh, retrieve a hostage or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there's enemy agents as well who are a bit better at spotting your under-disguise under agents. But you can, if you, if you do a silent takedown on them and then capture them and exfiltrate with them, you then take them back to your base. Uh, in the early stages of the game, it's just going, okay, we found out some from them, and then we dis disposed of them. But after a while, you get to build an MK Ultra facility. Oh, God. So you can start <laughs> interrogating them, you can start brainwashing them, you can start... Uh, you can give them, like, trigger words, so that if you find them again in another mission, you can just use the trigger word and they join your team. Yeah, the point is, like, your character just, well, the characters at least look into the camera and just go, are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they found the stuff at the bad guy's base and decided to use it. So. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think the bad guys were going to use it on us. There's a good reason to then go, alright, let's get brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there is a huge amount to that. You can send all your agents off for training. They've got perks, which will give you certain bonuses to certain stats. There is a whole body engineering facility where you can start drugging up your agents to adjust their, their stats as well. Um, you also have to deal with a, a danger level. So if the enemy's investigating where you are, or if you uh, k kill a civilian in a mission, or mm. or decide to exfiltrate without all your team, because you can do that, then your danger level will increase. And if it gets to a certain point, then the basically the bad guys are going to find out where your base is. So you have to pay a lot of money to move move your headquarters to another secure location, which you will have had to have scouted out across the map beforehand. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot to this, a, a lot more than I expected. And and yeah, having a having a great time playing it. Yeah, I've it's one of those games that I've been watching since it was announced, basically. And I've been like, I I want this, but I can't yeah. justify another XCOM. Like I can't. Yeah. I have so much BattleTech still to play. I can't. I can't buy another strategy that is, game. That is also true. I need to play more BattleTech. I fully intend to play a significant amount more BattleTech before the end of the year because I suspect it will be in my game of the year list. But it, it only better be if I play it. So yeah, it's yeah. I need to play more. It's that I, it, in terms of amount of enjoyment I've had from a game this year, Phantom Doctrine is up there. Yeah, the I've been hearing nothing but positive things about it. I really want it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I'd heard nothing about it beforehand, and then a uh, friend of the show, Ian McCracken, was playing it on Twitch. Mm. And I was like, 
I need to take a look at this. And I'm very glad that I have. I really knew about it because friend of the show Nathan kept spamming me with links of it, and I'm like, this does look good. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, but Nathan has this thing. He just shows you these games so you can spend the money on them. Yeah, it's just because he feels then, less, it makes not, him, yeah. It makes him feel less bad about buying them himself. Yes, because I'm ninety percent sure he bought that. Well, Phantom Doctrine. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty sure he owns it. So yeah, I, I'm I'm I, pretty sure he owns every game ever made because he's pre-ordered it, then forgot to cancel it. That's also yeah. probably true. His copy of Star Trek hasn't showed up yet, though. I I'm pretty sure I have Nathan on Steam, and he's not showing up. Someone. Well, maybe he doesn't know. He's he's not Although, showing up as someone who's played it. It's also possible he didn't buy it on Steam and he bought it in Russia, it, completely legally <laughs> on GOG. It's it's also possible that he bought it and hasn't played it. That's and also it hasn't true. registered. That also, yeah. Yeah, that that's probably more like. I d- I did convince uh, uh, Stephen as well to buy it, so he was he was trying to mine one night a couple of weeks ago and I, and I put it up on the Steam link in the living room and I think he went home and immediately bought the game as well. So. Right, so I we actually I need to catch up with him to see how he got the Octopath Traveler. Oh yes, yeah indeed. Well, we'll see him next weekend. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, Phantom Doctrine does also have multiplayer. I've not, I've not tested that out yet. Uh, I, it was pretty much why Stephen then bought it because he said we, we would try some multiplayer and we haven't done so yet. <laughs> Isn't that how it always goes? Yeah. Yeah, you always have some cockamamie reason for buying the game which never ever pans out. We're going to yep. play that beat 'em up collection any day now, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll We're going to record it. a video about it. It's going to be great. Yep. The any same day. as we're going to. Yep. And we need to do the, uh, the new additions to the. The NES games. That and... one we definitely are doing. That's that's not a <laughs> that's, that's a finding time one. That's not a, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, too many video games. Too many, too many games. Yeah, but Phantom Darkness is uh, a good one at least. It does, it does. Like there's just too many things to play. Like tomorrow night, I'll try and play some more Elite Dangerous because. We've actually uh, a bit of a side story. We so I, I play Elite Dangerous with Ian McCracken, who I mentioned before, and we kind of got into another group uh, called the Zevin Team. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're like mostly streamers and stuff. But Friday night is our is our Friday night shenanigans in Elite Dangerous, and we all jump on and we do some whatever. We do community goals or something like that. Uh, but they managed to get the Zebin Syndicate to be a player faction within Elite Dangerous now. That's cool. So there is a system now in space where there is the Zebin Syndicate as as a faction. So we all the uh, about a couple of weeks ago, we all jumped on the minute this this was here and we just did a bunch of missions for them specifically. So they went from being like this tiny wee minor faction to now being the controlling faction of the system because they got so much influence and reputation. So that was just a wee a wee side story. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool thing. So has anyone been playing anything else this week? 
video game wise. Yeah, I added one thing to the list while we were talking because I forgot about it until we started. Um, which I've been playing Hold Down. Is that the thing? Fine. Is that the thing where you're a hole? No, that's Donut County. I've also oh, played yeah. that. That's also fantastic. <laughs> that, that game's great. I've not played it since I last talked about it on the podcast, but that game's fucking good. Um, no, Hold Down is the new game. I say new. It came out like a month or two ago or three. Um, from the guy who made Brains Capsule. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's really good. It's a mobile game where you are. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of lore to it, but you're shooting balls into a hole, and the hole has like a bunch of these blocks that kind of move up every turn after you've fired balls into it. And right. you, your balls have physics, and they will bounce off of things and bounce against the walls and bounce against the blocks that are coming up. And each block has like a number on it, and so the amount of times it gets hit by a ball, that number goes down. And eventually, when it hits zero, the block vanishes, and it destroys any blocks above it, unless it's specifically oh. a block that has like a cross on it showing that it's pinned. Um, and you get upgrades between things, uh, between levels. So like as you destroy blocks, you will get gems that you can buy upgrades for that will let you fire more balls every time you fire balls. Uh, you start with more balls, you have more... Um, you have like a, a higher maximum value of balls because the further down the hole you get, the more balls you get as well. But only yeah. up to whatever your maximum is. So you start with, like, you fire a ball. And you upgrade it, and it's like, oh, it goes up to four now. And then you go, and I start with three. And I now have, I'm going up the game, I have a maximum of 24 balls, and I fire all them at once. And the way it works is, like, you hold and kind of drag, and you get a kind of, like... Trajectory. Your, your game, yeah, trajectory. Your game is a lot like... It's a lot like that... Um, the one that PopCap made that was really good. Peggle. Peggle. It's a lot like Peggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you hold and drag and get a trajectory and then you fire the balls at that trajectory. And like once you let go, it fires all of them. It's not like I have 19 balls so I can fire you know, two of them this way, two of them this way. It will fire all of them oh, at once, yeah. um, which is really cool. But also means you have to take into account if you're firing them at a block that only has seven hits on it left. Right. Everything yeah. past those seven balls are going to go... They're going to keep going that trajectory, but go past where that block was. So you need to keep that in account as well. Um, and then as you get further in, the blocks end up taking like a massive amount of hits. So you need to be able to angle them in a way that they kind of bounce off stuff a bunch of times. Um, and you get them kind of sandwiched between the wall and the block so it bounces back and forth a few times. Um... So, for example, like I boot up just now. Like I said, I have a maximum of 24 balls, have 19 just now, and one of the blocks I need to destroy has a value of 94. Yeah. So, if I just hit that over and over, you know, it would take a few turns to do, and if any of the blocks reach the top of the, the screen, then you lose and you have to start again. So, you. Uh, if I just fired you know 19 balls at it every turn then the odds are it 
or one of the other ones would reach the top of the screen before the end of it. So you've got to kind of find a good angle to bounce it off of it multiple times. The blocks are all different shapes. So, for example, the one that's on screen just now is like a kind of, well, there's a bunch on screen, but one of the ones on screen is like a, it's like one of the kind of Z-shaped Tetris blocks, which means if you fire it at the corner, it'll bounce down and hit the other side as well. So you get at least two hits from every ball. So when you fire 20 balls, instead of doing 20, you're doing 40 damage. Mm -hmm. And then if you can also angle it so that it then hits off a wall and comes back down again, then you're going to get another 20. So you're doing 60 damage in one turn. And so it just kind of escalates like that. And sometimes you'll fuck up and you'll spit 20 balls out and then you'll hit miss absolutely everything and it'll bounce back up to the top of the screen. You're like, okay, well, fuck. And then sometimes you'll fire everything down, it'll sandwich its way through a tiny little gap between two blocks you didn't notice was there, and just bounce around for a good, like, minute and a half. And you can't interact with it, and you're just watching it just bounce back and forth, destroying everything. And it's really satisfying. Um, I really recommend it. It's fantastic. Uh, that developer, actually... whose name I can't remember, is consistently fantastic I've actually been playing a very similar game uh, which I can't remember the name of I don't have my phone with me just now but it's I would describe it as a poor man's holdown yeah there's a few uh, this, this this looks this looks really yeah there must be quite a few right now the same sort of yeah it ideas. helps the, um, I'm really blanking on this guy's name and it's annoying me because I, he's a relatively well-known like indie developer but he before he even made like round caps and stuff like that he became pretty well known for a uh, uh talk he did about juiciness in games uh, not even just in games but in things but it was games he was using as an example which is just like having good animations having good responses having good audio that kind of stuff like little things that aren't essential to the gameplay but you know make everything better by existing yeah um and he had a really good talk about that and that was the first time i heard of him at least but i'm pretty sure that was kind of the first time that his name went around a bunch and i'm really annoyed i can't remember his name um but <laughs> it's yeah. uh, martin martin Jonasson. that's him yes swedish he's swedish he's yeah he's great and rhyme capsule is great i yes i don't own Rhyme Capsule on my phone because I bought it when I was using an Android phone and then also bought it on the PSP? The yeah, PSP I think I played Vita. it on PSP. Whichever one. No, was. Vita. Vita, was it Vita? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have been really tempted recently to pick that up again on my iPhone because <laughs> Rhyme Capsule is... There is nothing else like that game. No. Still, which is kind of annoying in a way. Because every now and again, I get a temptation to be like, I should play Rain Capsule. But, yeah. Um, hold on, it's really good. It has a weird, cute ghost in it that doesn't seem to get explained at any point, but it will give you advice if you tap on it. And its advice is usually complete, just completely useless. But, like, it just gave me advice now that said, eat your vegetables. That doesn't help, but thank you. <laughs> thank, you thank you, cute little ghost. Um, yeah, I recommend that game. 
It's only sure. like four quid or something as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's three ninety nine. Yeah. I think I, I think I might pick that up because the one I've the one I've been playing, is, you know, it's the same concept. Yeah, but it looks nowhere near as cute as this one does. Yeah, Donut County is the same. Like, there's a bunch of ripoffs of Donut County now. Yeah, but none of them have the charm and the writing behind Donut County. Um, and they fixed the one thing about Donut County that I was disappointed in. Which is the that game adds uh, like iMessage stickers, but the one sticker they didn't have was the only emoji in the game, and so they patched it in, <laughs> which is pretty great. Um, but yeah, I think that's all the video games we have. I yeah. think so. Yeah. So have we been playing many board games? I haven't. You haven't. Uh, I haven't. No, I have not. Uh, yeah, because I spoke about the last load of video games that we played uh, the on the last podcast. So we played through Charterstone, we spoke about that, yeah. and I got a chance to play some games just Anna myself, and we spoke about those as well. So, yeah, it's been pretty quiet for me on board games, although that will change. We're going away. Uh, this weekend, so we'll probably. I think we're going to try and get some escape room games played and stuff ah, like that. Nice. Over away. Have you stuff over the next few weeks? Yeah, I think so. I think Mike, have you had a chance to play Tiny Epic Zombies yet? No, I haven't. So my version came and I got all the pieces out of the box and had a look and had a look at the rules and I thought, oh, that's a bit more complicated than I was imagining it would be. Yes, it so, is. <laughs> right, okay. Um, my my version, my copy came literally the mor- uh, the day before we went down to Legoland for a holiday. Right. I thought, right, well, well, we'll take it with us. It's- I mean, that was the first thing. I know it's called Tiny Epic Zombies, but I really wasn't expecting the box to be so small. Right, okay. I, I did think it was going to be a bigger, a bigger form factor all, all round. Um, right, but of course, you know that makes sense with the name. But yeah, we I we we drove down, and by the time we got to the hotel, it was quite late, so we we didn't play it. But I I did the same thing as you. I took everything out of the box and I looked at it and read through the rules. And I was like, it's too late at night to understand this stuff. Um, and we didn't I didn't get a chance to look at it while we were away. So, uh, Stephen was around the other night. And uh, well, first of all, he brought zombie dice, which I oh, which I right. never which I never played before, um, but it was great. Really enjoyed that great push your luck type of game. That's you know nice wee quick palette cleanse, you know. Yeah. Um, and I and I was like, right, well, well, we've done zombie dice, so let's do tiny epic zombies. And we sat down, we set it all up. And you know, it took a took a good wee while to set up because there's loads of different scenarios, and you've got to pick three at random, then set those up, you know, whatever criteria they need. And then I sat and explained the rules out to Stephen, and you know, I had to stop a couple of times and go, "You still with me?" Yeah, just just to make sure you know we were getting the hang of it. And it it took a few turns really to kind of get into how it played. Um. It wasn't quite as laborious a setup as like lobotomy. No, but, no. 
but there is a lot to set up and a lot I, to kind of. I felt the setup wasn't that that difficult. That uh, when I was going through it, I thought the setup was pretty easy compared to some of the things that we play. It was once you got past that bit, I started to go, "Uh." Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it depends on depends on what scenarios you play with, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, then it then it's a case of right. Okay, you can do three things on your turn, but you have to move first. Yes. And of the three things, most of them is kill a zombie. Um, so if you move into a room, you can kill a zombie if there's one there. Or you have to if there's one there. If you move into a room and there's a zombie in an adjacent room, then you can kill that by shooting it rather than with melee. And then all the other things are like interact with objective tokens or search the room or some other action that's in the store. But you can only do, do those things if there's no zombies left in the uh -huh. store. So most of the time you are just right and kill all these zombies. Right. But then at the end of your turn, zombies reappear again. So you could be in a kind of constant battle of fighting zombies that just respawn again. Right. So, what version of the the game did you play? Did uh, so we we played co-op versus AI zombie. Right. Yeah, there's there's five different game modes. I think. Uh, I think there's there's essentially three, and then on top of that, so the you basically you can play as a, a cooperative, like you said. But yeah. I think the game was designed to be one versus many if i yeah. understand yeah that's kind of the core mode so that's one someone plays as a, plays as survivors yeah so yeah someone plays as a zombie and everyone else is survivors or you do you can do competitive against an ai zombie or yes yeah. or you can even do solo right as yeah well, so which was kind of the main selling point for me it was like if a game's got solo then I'm quite happy because I'll I will quite happily simply by myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it it did take a while to kind of get into right. We can do this, but we have to move. You always have to move. But then one of the like that that was the rule that was repeated in the book. You have to move first, and then you can do stuff. So even if you're in a room, like if you finish your turn in a room. And then a zombie spawns into that room. You have to leave that room and come back to kill it. Right. You can't just kill the zombie and then move. Uh -huh. um, but then one of the objectives we had gave us the option rather than moving, we had to we had we were calling the army and there was a tank in each corner and we had to get them into the center. So instead of moving, you spent your action moving the tank instead. Right, okay. The tanks were great because they just bulldoze everything. So if there's zombies in a path, you just move the tank through them and they just wipe them all out. Um, but we, we won the game. I'm not really sure if we did it legitimately. <laughs> right. Because it was, it, 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 was, it was very pandemic and it's, okay, we are down to like the last turn. And we still need to complete all three objectives. But there is this crazy way that if we do these things and dice, roll the dice and it rolls kindly, 
we can win the game, and we we managed to. So it was, right, it was just bizarre. Um, yeah, I need to play it again. Play it in the different modes as well. Right, but it was yeah, it just seemed like a lot to get your head around. Right, for such a for such a small game in a small box. There's yes. a lot to it. Yeah, so that, that is one of the tiny epic games. I have, I think I've got Tiny Epic Galaxies, uh, which is a fantastic game. I've got the big box expansion to that. I have Tiny Epic Zombies. I've got Tiny Epic mm. Quest and also mm-hmm. Tiny Epic Western. Yeah. Yes. Um, did, did you back Mix? I did. I did back Tiny Epic Mix as well, mainly because of the type of game it is, which is programmable movement. Yeah. So I really like Mix versus Minions, uh, but it is a massive. It's just a huge chunk of plastic and toys, and yeah. it's not very portable. So I can't get it to the table. Um, you know, when we do game days and go and visit people and things like that. So I'm. Basically, that's why I bought Tiny Epic Max because it'll be one that give, it scratches that itch, I think. Yeah. I, I like the look of Tiny Epic Max and I kind of wish I'd backed it now. I think, I think I would prefer that to Zombies. Right, so you didn't back it? I didn't, no. I, I, I have, I've done my backing for this year. <laughs> yeah, I've not backed a Kickstarter since um, that single player Lurch from Whitechapel leak game. The right. name I always yeah. forget. Um, uh, the Black Sonata. That sounds right. Black Sonata. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't backed anything since that. No, I had I had my two things. So I had the Tiny Epic Zombies and then that uh, big piece of wood. Oh. Yeah, you know, I I actually managed to get that to the table the last. Why? What was the table wobbly and you had to <laughs> one of the legs? Or no, no, no. I um I went along to the Pathfinder Society meetup last weekend. Oh right, okay. And and played some Pathfinder. And they had a wobbly table. Yeah, well, they did have many wobbly tables. Um, <laughs> I took it along and, and played with it. It was it was it was quite good. So I'm talking about character. Carrick Table, as I think how it's meant to be pronounced, um, which was a thing that was on Kickstarter, and it's kind of like an RP laptop table, I guess is how you would say it. So it's a piece of wood that you can then sit anywhere you like, and it's got a magnetic strip for holding your character sheets. It's got a dice tray built in. It's got a notepad built in. The one I've got has got... Um, a stand bit that you can put your phone and another one for an iPad as well with holes through the base for plugging in charger cables and stuff. Comes with the dice and everything. Hey, a pencil. Um, yeah, it was good. It was... Yeah, it actually served its purpose well. Better than just the, the piece of wood that it looks like when it's just <laughs> sitting in the house. <laughs> cool. Uh, have we any more board games to talk about uh so yeah i had one more which was a uh, dice summoners 
Right. Okay. So this was uh, this was a Kickstarter that we seen a prototype of at Tabletop Scotland. We got chatting to the guys over there. That's right. That's right. Uh, the Kickstarter, I think, only just ended last week. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, it was funded on October the tenth. Excellent. Um. So yeah, they said well, we we spoke to them for a, a while at, at Tabletop Scotland, and I quite liked the sound of the sound of the game. Um, they only had that copy with them at the time, so when they went home, they they sent us out a prototype to have a look at. And Stephen and I had a quick game of it uh, at the start of the week there. Right. He described it as very like Magic the Gathering, in that you have. You start off with a base set of spells and monsters. Right. The monsters earn you dice that you then roll, and then you can allocate those dice to either your spells or your monsters' abilities. And then if you're using the spells, you're trying to get monsters and build up a kind of small data. And you're trying to do damage against the other player. Right. And it's it, it was quite quite good, but we found it was maybe lacking any depth of strategy. Right. Um, it was very much see who can do the most damage to the other person quickest. Like, the, 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 the monster cards, you have the option to defend. And in fact, some of them, while their attack is only one damage, their defense is three. Uh, and so if you, if you choose to defend, you get tokens, and if the other player attacks you, you remove from them first before your own health. Uh, but it was very much, okay, I could stop you from doing four damage to me, but then I could maybe just do four damage to you instead. Right. Yeah, and so it, it could so, be better just to rush to the bottom rather than to try and build yourself back up. Yeah. I, Stephen said, um, if I might be able to do damage to you if not shields, but I can't do damage to you if I'm dead. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite good. I, I there's like a there's kind of boss cards as well. You have to first of all learn their summoning spell and then you activate their summoning spell to get the boss. And I managed to do that whereas I've been mostly defending all game and I managed to do that. And in one turn, I did, I think it was 21 points of damage to Steven. And you only start with 30. But he had, he had healed up some, and he, I hadn't really attacked him an awful lot. And I managed to do 21 points of one go, but I only had 11 left myself, which he was able to easily take out in the next turn. So it was, I, I, I did enjoy it. But I do think it lacks a wee bit of depth in, in terms of tactics. Right. Yeah, it seems it doesn't seem like something I was I'd be interested in. I know you quite liked the look of it. Once we got chatting to the guys and I kind of uh we were there with uh the girls yeah. and uh, I basically uh took over babysitting duties yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, you took, you took yeah. so that I could talk yeah. to him. Um, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm 
little disappointed for you that it, it wasn't everything you wanted, but uh, I, it's good that you got to to play it as well. And I, something going to be going up in the site or going yeah. up in the site? Yeah, yeah, it's another thing. I, I think I maybe want to play it maybe once or twice more. Right. Okay. Before doing a full write up, but yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully have something up on the site soon. Cool. Excellent. So, shall we move on to some new? Yes. Yeah. What is coming out next week? Tell me, Mike. Uh, what? I don't know. My autobiography. <laughs> uh, there is. Uh, there is. Uh, Terraforming Mars is coming out, or has it been released? I think it's already out. I think it's. I think it's already out. I I put list because if you remember, I spoke to you about Terraforming Mars when we were at the UK Games Expo. Yes. Because you know, as Asmodee are doing this thing where they're releasing a lot of board games in digital form. Yes, that's right. And it yeah, it came out yesterday as we record this. Yeah, and it's and got quite a a large price tag on it, if I remember correctly. Uh, so. Nineteen forty nine. Okay, yeah. All right. I mean, it's an awful lot cheaper than buying the actual board. Game. Yes. Um, but I would still rather buy the actual board game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've I got an early access code to Terraforming Mars, and I spoke to you about this at UK Games Expo. It was not in good shape when I played it. Yes. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna need to take another look. And see how much work they've done to improve it because it wasn't great. The AI was really dumb. Yes. Uh, you couldn't even see what they were technically doing, but they weren't doing very good stuff because they, they kind of rushed they rushed the uh the water level or the oxygen level up first. Right. And then and then they just seemed to stop playing. So yeah I need to see Hopefully, it's it's in much better shape now, considering they've released it. Right, but it, it's sitting with mixed reviews on Steam at the moment. Cool. Odd. Excellent. So we have other things coming out as well. Would you like to know what they are? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, looking for things coming out. So by the time you listen to this. The 19th would have already passed. So looking at weekending the 26th of October, there is quite a lot. So let's see how much of this we can get through. There is uh, Dragon Ball Fighters and Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 double pack coming to the PS4. Yeah, that seems kind of like a cool idea. Those are very different games other than being Dragon Ball. But yeah. Yes. Uh, we also have uh, my uh, internet is acting up and it's just went crazy. It was uh, Ben Bendy and the Ink Machine or Bendel and the Ink Machine. Bendy and the Ink Machine. Yeah, there we go. Yes, that's okay. coming out to Good PlayStation one, 4 and Xbox One. What on earth is that? Uh, it's an episodic survival horror video game developed and published by Kindly Beast. Yes. They are sounds quite so, nice. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure what to make of that one. Yeah, I've but, never heard uh, this before. Yeah. 
Um, uh, we've got uh, for the PS4 and the Nintendo Switch Grave Danger coming out in the 26th. Then uh, Contender for Glitch Free Gaming's Game of the Year, Just Dance 2019. Yeah. It gets brought up every year. It gets right up there till the top five, and then we usually cut it around then, but it's. It's... Yeah. (laughs) It's coming out on Wii as well. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I saw that as well. (laughs) And 360. Yes. Wow. Um, the, we also have My uh, Justice. I don't know what that is. That's uh, uh, some Bandai Namco game. It's uh, anime. It's My yeah. Hero Academia. Right. Uh, oh, like right. Okay. Brawler. One of those. Is it looks quite good. I, I've never yeah. watched My Hero Academia. People keep saying it's very good though. Cool. Uh, we also have Four coming to the Switch. I don't know what that is. Motor Racer Four. What, it's what the it motorbike racing game. Oh, the uh, it's one. the off-road one. The fourth one. The yes. first thing, um, the first thing I have when I search for it is the first response on Google is a YouTube video that says "Motor Racer Four on PC, worst game of 2016." <laughs> <laughs> right. So apparently, so, it's not a good game, and it's very old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, porting it to Switch. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. Nickelodeon Kart Races, on the other hand, yeah, coming no, out to that's, a racing game. That, that's a racing game. Yeah. Yes. PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, also, coming out, also coming out on the Switch is uh, NERO, Nothing Ever Remains Obscure. I don't know what that one is. It's a, uh, it's a school game. It's, isn't it? Uh, I think it's uh, another visual not yeah. sure, though. Don't know. Uh, um, Paw Patrol. Game. Yeah, it's a story game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paw, Paw Patrol on a roll comes out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and 3DS. Uh, my niece will love that game. I'm just going to say thank God my kids are older now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coming out, I've seen this one, and I'm curious to check it out when it comes to Switch, which is Project High Rise: The Architects Edition. Ooh, yeah, I don't know much about that one. Yeah, I just seen the, I've seen the listing on the Switch mm-hmm. door and had a quick look at it, and it looked quite interesting. Um, Quar Infernal Machines. <laughs> um, I did know what that is, but I don't remember. So, was it was that just because of the way that? No, <laughs> you didn't just destroy it with my mind. Um, no. Is it a PSVR game? Yes. Yes. Uh, we also have for coming out for the Switch uh, Rapala Fishing Pro series, which I played a couple of those, a couple of the older versions, and they were quite good. Seeing as this is coming out from Maximum Games, I'm probably going to guess it's that version that I played for the Xbox 360. I, Good yeah, number of years it's back. Probably the same one or a yeah. slightly updated version. Yeah. Uh, big one comes out on the 26th Red Dead Redemption 2 for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Yeah. yeah that, is, that is the big one. I might pick that up. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to pick mm. it up. I'm probably going to pick it up. Maybe not straight away. I'm not super excited yeah. for it, but it's one of those ones that I feel like I have to play. Just Yeah. yeah. And I know I'll enjoy it when I'm playing it. It's just like. The run up to it, I'm like, eh, whatever. I, 
I liked the first one. Yeah. I liked the first one, but never finished it. I will play this one, but I probably won't finish it. That's fair. This one's probably yeah. much longer than the first one. Well, then I definitely won't finish it. I, I did prefer Red, Red Dead Revolver. You might I be mean, the only person on Earth that preferred Red <laughs> yeah. Dead Revolver, but yes, that's a reasonable thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, but cool. I did like Red Dead Redemption. It was just... I was I was kind of disappointed when it came out. I loved the game. I thought it was good, you know, doing all the things and the, the whole big arching storyline and was awesome. But I was kind of disappointed when it was... Yeah, we're taking the Red Dead series and we're going to make it open world. It's like, no, we've got so many of those. A GTA yeah. clone. And it's like, all right, well, if anyone's going to make a GTA clone, I guess it'll be you guys, but yeah, still. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it, it was good and I'm looking forward to see what they do with this one as well. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Super Street, the game, comes out for the Switch, the PC, and PS4. Finally, the Super Nintendo sequel to Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, game coming out for the PlayStation VR Torn. It's uh, essentially it's just a an interactive experience where you walk through Natalie and Bruglia's video. I was going to make that, going to make that literally fucking same joke. If I couldn't remember her name. Uh, that that song's a cover. I don't know if you know that. Really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. There you I go. thought that was it's because no one knows the original one because that was the iconic version of it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was her song. Nope. Unless I'm completely misremembering, but I'm 99% sure I'm right on this one. Right, well, I, I'm wa- I'll, on I'll, I will try and pronounce this next one while you Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yomari, the long, the long Night Collection comes out to from NIS America. I think this is another set of uh, Japanese RPGs. It's yeah, a good yeah. I was looking at those in the eShop. They NIS. look nice. Yeah. But they're very expensive. Yes. Um, NIS seem to have hit the stride in bringing out uh, you know, the, a lot of the classic RPGs and redoing them and stuff like that. But they are charging you know, full price for them as well, which I have noticed. But hey, they hope they find a market and they continue to do so. Uh, yeah. Born is a song written was... by Scott Cutler and Previn and Phil Thornalley in 1993. It was first recorded in that year in Danish uh, by the singer, I'm not even going to try and pronounce her name. <laughs> then two years later by Cutler and Previn's American alter- or te- uh, alternative rock band, Etna Swap. Ah, okay. Now, right. in Bruglia's uh, cover of it came out in 1997, so it was yeah. a good oh, wow. four years yeah. later. There we go. There you go. There's your history lesson for the day. Yeah. <laughs> cool I've, facts to know. It's a good song. I've just scouted ahead on the new releases list because, you know, my birthday comes up at the end of November. And um, Ark Survival Evolved is coming to the Switch. Yeah. Yes. That, that game doesn't run well on any platform it's on. Yeah, I'm super skeptical about that. They've been releasing gameplay footage of it and stuff, and it looks like it runs, but there's about as much as I can say about it. It's yeah. interesting that they're doing it at all. Yeah. There's, there's another game coming to the Switch, which I've been playing recently, which is uh, Spin Tires Mud Runner. 
Yeah, I realized that was from the Switch. That's a bizarre game to bring to Switch. Yeah, it is, but I think. I mean, I've had a lot of fun playing it on PC, so. It's a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was one I never picked up, and I. Once I stopped using the. You know, playing PC games as much and going back into the consoles, uh, but it was one that I always quite fancied. When Jammers comes out on the Switch and Twitter. Yes! Yeah. I think I'm going to need to get a Switch. I'm probably going to buy Windjammers again. Uh, yeah, I so don't... Good. It is good, but... It's online I'll pro- I'll, uh, <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll just play it when we play video, when we play board games. I'm yeah, just, that's fair. Local multiplayer is definitely the best way to play that kind of game anyway. So you're just like me by his reason. Uh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, cool. Yeah. I think that's it. Is there anything yeah. to add that we discussed? Or... We had like a couple of news stories that I think we can skip over, except for the one I want to mention, which is um, Analog are making a Mega SG, which is like a Analog made like the uh, Analog NT, which was like a Super Nintendo, um, they call it like hardware emulation. So it uses a thing called an FPGA that emulates the hardware of the system instead of using like you know a software emulator like everything else does, and it basically uh-huh. just makes it super duper accurate because it is copying the actual chip of the system. Um, and they're doing the same thing now for the Sega Mega Drive. Uh, but the thing that is probably more relevant to us, because I don't think any of us are going to spend 190 quid plus shipping to buy a Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> yes. Uh, is the 8-bit door making the controllers for it. And so there's these wireless Mega Drive controllers that have a home button and a share button on them, but currently they use Wi-Fi instead of Bluetooth, so they won't uh. work directly on the Switch. But they have a home button and a share button on them. So right. Wi Fi so it wouldn't work with a PS4 either. Yeah, so they're I assume they're gonna do a USB to Wi Fi dongle. Cool. Um which would be great because I'd buy one of those controllers because I buy everything eight bit they'll make apparently. Yes. And then you try and get me to do the same. Yeah. And you sometimes do. I sometimes do, yes. I have two of the controllers so uh controllers for the Super Nintendo Mini yeah. and also the NES uh, and they work brilliant uh, excellent yeah. and then I've got one of the bigger ones as well which I use for the Switch. Yeah I have the Pro NES one and the Pro SNES one and I use the Pro SNES one more often just because it's a better shape and size and feels like a good controller like I can play pretty much every game with it, and also I use it on my Super Nintendo Mini. Um, the NES Mini one I only use for some 2D games because I like D-pad on it a lot more. So right, yeah. Um, but I love Mega Drive controllers. Like they're they've always well more the Sega Saturn, which was obviously a kind of evolution of that controller. Uh huh. But they've always been kind of some of my favorite controllers. So. 
Also, Sean Bean's going to be in Hitman. Yes, this is my favorite bit of news. This one was really good. The, the, the Sean Bean's going to do what he does best oh. and, be, and be murdered. He's playing a character <laughs> called like the Undying. Like he is, yeah. uh, like someone that has basically escaped being assassinated many times. Yeah, uh, it's saying like he, he fakes his own death. Or... Yeah, it's, uh, it's he's the first elusive target for Hitman Two, which comes out in November, and yeah. I might need to buy that game. I haven't played a Hitman game for a while. That last Hitman game was really good. But Hitman Go was the last thing, last Hitman game I played. That that one also very good. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Thanks, cool. that's everything. Yeah. Excellent. So I think the only thing left to do is thank everyone for listening to the podcast. If you have any complaints, queries, or comments, you can send them to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search for Glitchfree Gaming. On Twitter, we are at Glitchfree Game. And don't forget to go to the website that Ben is going to be uploading with all that super-duper stuff at www.glitchfreegaming.com and also our YouTube channel. See, I remembered it this time. Yay! Yay. It's youtube.com uh, slash user slash glitchfreegame. Woo! We have two videos of me and Paul playing a bunch of NES games on there. Go watch them. They're pretty good. Yes. I beat them at Tech Mobile, which means I'm officially better at American football than Paul. Uh-huh. Video evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, is there anything else we need to add before we say goodbye? No. No, I think that's it. Cool. That's In done. that case, we will see you all next week. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.